Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. After the court is the rave parade. The queens of Germany got their improv on in a very absurd court-inspired challenge. And on the runway, it was all the rave. It's time to talk all things Drag Race Germany. And here with me is someone who has seen a raver or two. It's Precious Envy. How are you? Guten Tag. Um, I'm good, yes. This this uh, runway was really much throwing me back to like my freshman year of college. Listen, some I don't want to hear room. about your exploits. I don't want to get you in trouble for the things you did back in the day. I um, took. I like to take photos when I was on um, certain substances, and I also like to make phone calls if I had my phone. So I was, I was the worst because I would tell you yeah. how much I loved you. Yes, um, they, they listen, jokingly. Yes, I, I can only imagine how this runway meant to you because I feel like this was your drag a little, little bit. It was a little bit, yeah. Because I will say there was, I went. There was a couple years where I where I did a uh, raver as my Halloween costume. Where it was mm-hmm. literally like ba- like baggy esque pants that were like a lot of pockets because that's where you had to hold all your stuff. I ha- would wear a t shirt that I got from um it wasn't Spencer's Gift it was another store that would sell like um kind of like offshoot t shirts and because it was the late nineties the shirt I wore was everything I learned I learned from Tinky Winky during the whole Tinky Winky gay thing. Uh, so I had that t shirt um mm-hmm. and I wore a. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a sleeveless vest that was had like a rainbow theme on top of it of um had a furzy visor and believe me uh and a um pacifier around my neck that i would literally cut through i can imagine can i imagine. was a grinder yeah but yeah the, uh, that was that was that was precious at 19 now i'm old that. and don't do anything i'm so not fun well, I've never been to a raver, but I'm going to talk about it later. But friends, <laughs> pronunciations, I apologize. I will get better, but phonetically, things are different and language clashes, but we're going to try. And as always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are showing what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what was presented. Yes, these are real people and give an opportunity to go on television to share their craft, but they've also put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said in this podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. All right, we're five episodes in, um, maybe halfway, maybe less than halfway. I don't know how many episodes we're getting out of this one. How are you? Yeah, feeling? I don't know. I'm still liking Germany. Uh, uh, of the two that started together, um, this is my favorite of the two. Um, I think the cast is very well rounded. Um, I'm liking more personalities than I thought I would. Um, there are still a few queens where I'm like, eh, you can leave now. Um, but. I, I was still surprised that Lele left so soon. I did not expect that to happen. Um, I'm I'm happy to see Tessa finally leaving because I will say Tessa pops on the when she lip syncs. That is when her personality shines, and she kind you see that there's like humor in her drag. But when she's like just going through the challenges, I don't she, she just can't relate them. And it's I think that was like that I was the problem. Podcast, you can be a great drag artist. It doesn't mean you're great at drag race. Yes, mm-hmm. we have we know many a girls that are amazing performers, but they it just doesn't translate to drag race. Yeah. Well, speaking of, she's back. Tessa's thinking that maybe the queens think she's next, but she's like sharing cockroaches. Can't get her down. <laughs> Tessa will read Lily's message. Who is off to see the manager? As I too agree that her elimination was unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Lorelai will ask to acknowledge the incredible artist that Lily Cocoon is, as she is crying confessional. She thought Lily was a frontrunner, as did I, as she knows what she's capable of. She didn't see her in the bottom, and neither did I. I think this was a shockwave-making elimination, very much in the line with I'm a queen on Sveria. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tessa has horns, bruises, and purple hematomas, and Nikita will call her a foot fungus that won't go away. <laughs> Um, great. Congrats goes to Nikita and Pandora, who says, tits will get you far. 
um, or maybe knowing the judge. I don't know. I still, I, why do we have to have separate winners? And why, if we're going to go separate winners, do you praise Lorelai for having the best look and not give her that? That, uh, that, yeah. that was the thing to be like, you're putting the girl that was, you put the the bottom three, one of the girls that you clearly loved the runway more than anything, but you're giving the win to somebody else. That was where I was like, what is your, I don't, I don't mind a, two, a winner to be like, hi, we decided this. If they had said that in the episode, like this week, there's a winner of the challenge and there'll be a runner of the runway. It's like, I can see that to, to indicate like one of you shined the challenge, but I, your runway wasn't everything. And the other to be like, your runway was everything used in shine the challenge, but we want to highlight this fact. I would have been yeah, fine I, with that. I think if they're going based on the challenge overall, it would have been Kelly, but they can give it to Kelly based on her runway. And so it was, it was just all hot mess. I feel like that's Kelly's story right now is they could keep on saying like, you are amazing, but your looks aren't matching your talent. And I'm like going, well, it's because she doesn't have the money to be doing the, the, the things that like, I think if she does not win and they bring her back for like either a versus the world or, or, or say they decide that they're going to, we're going to bring back a girl from last season and she returns. I can see her getting an upgrade in her looks basically now that she has the money to do so. But uh, yeah. It's a new day and Kelly is hoping someone new will win something new. Pandora has two things for her nipples. She says it's a lot of weight, but she's ready to bear it all. Nikita notes that with only eight left, they'll soon be able to fit around one side of the table. Will she be there to see it? I guess we'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. Pandora will remind the table that Austria has the most wins so far. She is correct, and it's not sitting well with some of them. And Nikita says Germany is just warming up, and Yvonne's just like, I want to win something. Me too, Yvonne. I want you to win something too. Now, Yvonne will share that she is a multiple multiple franchise watcher, but points out that the runway is pretty important there compared to it not counting as much other places. And I can clearly say it matters if Nikita won for not a runway because... If both were put into consideration, she would be badgeless. Yeah. Lorelai believes that she is talking about her as she clearly thinks she should have been in the bottom, but she won't respond. Um, things are getting a little sizzly in here that um, the girls really don't like Lorelai. Well, that was the weird thing in like the reading challenge because it felt like they were all just, they were talking about her. And I can't remember who the other girl they were talking about, but Laurel, I felt like she was like the one, it felt like in Mexico when they did the reading challenge and everyone had something to say about Argenis. And you're just yeah. like, are you guys just trying to be like, we know she's weak. Let's, let's nitpick. So that way she goes next. I don't know if they were thinking like she's quiet. So, you know, this might bug her if we talk about it, you know, the whole dramatics of, of drag race. The alarm sounds as we have a message from Barbie and they have no clue what this could do with anything, literally anything. They have no idea. But Barbie and Gianni are here, and the couple who wears clothes together clearly have no taste. Yeah, yeah, their their um their sense of style is. I feel like I feel like Gianni is very much like he's trying really hard to be gender fluid in his clothes for the show, um, mm-hmm. and maybe like he's not that way really. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I do think they're a cute couple though. It is time for a mini challenge where they are told they will be playing in team. So time for some drama, Mama. Lorelai has eyed Pandora across the room while Tessa is holding on to her for dear life. She has no choice. When they are told to pick their teams, the scramble is on. Victoria is trying to get with Meta and Pandora, but she is literally being pulled away by the other team. Um, Twinks on a typical Friday night. It really was. Really was. That's like a Friday night in Hell's Kitchen. Now math. They have to divide into two groups. But Tessa is already there. So then Pandora plan to sacrifice her to get Victoria? I think so. I think so. If she would have well, pulled away, it would have been like, um, Tessa, yes, yeah, sorry, no. Because Tessa well, grabbed Kelly onto has... Laurely, and Laurely was the one who was pulling for uh, Pandora. And it was like... Yeah. Oh, well, the, it Kelly was like... has her child by the collar and literally mm-hmm. is picking up Victoria. I was like, I'd like to try that. That sounds like fun. Our team breakdowns are Metamorca, Tessa, Lorelai, and Pandora against Yvonne, Victoria, Kelly, and Nikita. It is time for everyone's favorite game, Jacques Jacques, or as the caption tells us, Chop Chop. 
Each team must guess three words where they have 60 seconds to guess for each word. The fastest team will win. It's like a game of telephone, but here's the catch. The players have to wear headphones so they can't hear the guesses of the previous player on the team. That goes down the line. And to test that no one can hear anything, Yvonne says Nikita doesn't deserve her win. Shade but truth. It really was. Now Yvonne will start for her team. And I don't know how this game was played or who made the side in the words, but her word is genital herpes victoria does pretty well decently guessing though um she's probably had it before so she's she's aware mm-hmm. she needs clues she, she, she will knows. then give the word to kelly who nails it quite quickly and finally to nikita time is up the team does not get a point nope what would you do in this game after watching that first round i think i would do pretty good because it's like it, in a way it's um because it, it just what it's what, like I think it's as much. I think it's also how well you know the person that you're playing with to shorthand certain things to be like the night, like the night in Cabo, <gasps> general herpes, you know, things like that. Like where it's like the, right. th- those are like the quick things to be like. I know you pretty well, so I know what clues I can get you to to lead to this. But it seems like it'd be a fun challenge. I would love to see this be brought into like another like another seat like another rendition because this is a fun mini challenge to be like to loosen the girls up especially when you have a larger cast still it's a great icebreaker it's it's a great icebreaker to kind of get to have some fun with each other well speaking of context clues next team pandora is given the word schadenfreude and i would have just said avenue q and the theater twink would have nailed it perfectly oh that's the first thought it was like avenue q (laughs) regardless she does get it quickly tessa will pick up the clues from lorelei so it's up to meta who will first say happy when tessa's clue is how they feel when she's in the bottom happy (laughs) same answer but not correct in the end meta will get it a point for their team now, Yvonne will say to her team is not focused, but they are entertaining. And speaking of entertaining, those brows in confessional, what choices she has made this week. <laughs> um, whoever the, the consistency editor of this franchise said, well, you didn't have time, just draw whatever you can on. Yep. Now, I don't know the rules and how they work, but they can move around positions to make the team work better. So now Nikita will be the first to guess, and I call shenanigans because clearly this was not a word that they use all too often. Anyway, this team failed um, because, well, we will get a drag name out of it. Please welcome the stage, Tatiana Shenanigans. Tatiana Shenanigans. Our second team goes, and their word is mnemonic aid. And I was like, excuse me, what kind of game is this? <laughs> they will keep their strategy the same, though, switch Tessa and Meta, and it works until Meta forgets the word. Mm-hmm. How do you forget the word? You just said it. You just said it. Exactly. Exactly. Round three has our first team completely change up the lineup, starting with Nikita feeding clues to Yvonne with Kelly and Victoria following up. Their word. Wanderlust. And Yvonne calling it Wanderfuck is my two- new term. I'm going to call everything a Wanderfuck. Wanderfuck. Um, in the end, this team finally will get a point on the board because clearly Victoria knows a thing or two about Wanderlust. Well, and- I also like how every single one of them picked the same like uh, descriptor for Wander. Right. <laughs> they all did the same one back to back. I thought that was awesome. And the last term for our second team is Crackpot Idea. And I have a Crackpot Idea. Just use drag terms next time you play. That's what I think. It's like, well, no, see, on um, on the American season, they do this. It's all going to be Rue songs, so it's going to be, like, available on iTunes. Literally. Uh, regardless, they do well. They get it right before the time is up. Team Germany, Austria, and Switzerland is a hit. It's a win for them. But they win nothing. Yeah. They couldn't split a thousand euros one way? They could, exactly. They just, it's like, how you win. Right, well, no. The only the only thing they got was that they got to choose their uh, their their. That, that's fair. It's not a that's, monetary win. It doesn't. It's not a monetary win. It's essentially it's like how you win, and you're in charge of putting the order together. That's fair. That's fair. That's well, one, of those, one of those. One of those things to go to court. It's all about drama tactics, good arguments, but most of all, improv. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Barbie will be judging them. It's Judge Barbie Zalish. I'm not sure what the reference was or if the word means something, but basically think of it as the challenge on Drag Race All-Star 7. Yeah. It's Jersey Justice, fairy tale Justice, yeah. They will now have to split up into two teams of two within their team. And it is a war within. On the go, Meta will immediately call for Pandora as they have known each other for years. Lorelai is stuck with Tessa. 
On the other team, Nikita will go with Yvonne as Kelly and Victoria will be the Brazilian bombshells. Now, Team Pandora will get to pick their roles first, and let's find out what they are first. The pick crew arrives with their cases. They are Custard Pie Battle, Catfish, Eyebrow Gate, and Foster Mother. Okay, um, who was high when they made these? Um, everyone. Yeah. And on the runway, it's all about love and techno. His category is Rave Parade. Now, how did you learn about raves? Was it through television and media? I think so. I think so. It was, uh, I think back in like the early, like late 90s, it started to, you started to see it a little bit more. And I think there were a lot of movies out that had like, the rave undertones to them yes, yes. Um, that had like, okay. So I think it was one of those things to be like, um, this is something like, it was really being like, especially like in high school, getting ready for college. There are the things you're like going, Oh, well, this is probably going to be like, Whoa. like when you watch movies about like the set in colleges, it's like party, party, party. Right. Kind so of it's stuff. Like, this is bad. Don't do it. Drugs are bad. I think it was, it was very much like drugs are bad. And of course I was like, I was such a goody two shoes in high school that like you know smoked my first joint with like my roommate and was just like okay and then did my first drop of e at a party it's just like it's like oh this is what i've been missing well not like what i've been missing <laughs> but it was like it was one of the things being like oh my god everyone should feel like this <laughs> i was so happy <laughs> now with the adults out of the room it's time for the kids to decide who is getting which case Lorelai will select Custard Pie Battle for her and Tessa. Pandora and Meta will pick after a long deliberation, Eyebrow Gate. For Nikita and Yvonne, they want Catfish, and the Brazilians want Foster Mother. It is set. Which case would you have picked? I think, oh, what could be the most fun? I think the Foster Mother probably would have been the most fun because you could do whatever you want, because that, that could go any way. But I also loved how Metamorkid was just did a dissertation in, in deciding what, what they could do. I was like laughing, like, oh my God, this is so funny. Now, I'm obviously, like, there are many times when we have these challenges where they are given the sheet and they, they're told certain things. I think one thing that I had heard through Metamorkid's dissertation was that there were certain questions, which I'm assuming were the questions that Barbie's character was going to ask. Um, so that was their goalpost to know how to guide how to kid. respond, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want I don't they didn't make a big deal about it, but I really want people to remember that as we talk through them because there were times where Barbie's like, you are not doing well. I have to rein you back in, but the plot's gone. Yeah. And there is no time to waste. We head to the set where we have our intro featuring Barbie in a heinous neon green wig. Oh, that wig. spanked by the bailiff, who I'm sure she's done that nightly after the filming with mm-hmm. the bailiff. Mm-hmm. Now, the best parts were when there uh, were the in-betweens of her in the background yes. doing stupid yes. shit. I was like, well, that's the most entertaining thing of this entire yeah. challenge. Um, yeah, so friends, if you know if there's a specific reference that we're missing here, I would love to know because there were specific choices made by mm-hmm. Barbie. We will begin our proceedings with Pandora and Metamorkid, and I, I gotta say, these looks were transformative. Meta looked like Heidi Ho with a conglomeration of drag elements that ended up being cohesive, even though they shouldn't have, and Pandora giving high female illusion soft. Mm-hmm. We learned that Pandora is Rosetta from behind. Mm-hmm. And her problem is she has no brows. And it's because they are on her butts. Well, actually, they're tramp stamped. So let's call it like it is. Mm-hmm. Meta is playing Jennifer Chantel Jacqueline Van Unten, calls it a masterpiece. Why does she do it? Well, how stupid can you be and not say anything with so much pain? And then we learn from Miss From Behind, she is top bottom dyslexic. Listen, I know a lot of them. They're all on Grinder. Yep. Twinks, you can say you can top, but you can't. <laughs> Try all you want. Maybe with the other Twinks, but don't say you're a top when you're going for people who are clearly tops. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Rosetta feels pain in her face when she gets her butt tattooed. And now the plot's lost. Wild, but incomprehensible. Because plot-wise, this doesn't make sense. She would have known as the first fucking ding is hit. Whatever. Fine. Yeah. 
maybe it's all lost in translation moment, but JCJ, we're going to call her, also suffers from a condition. She is front back dyslexic. So yeah, she wipes from back to front. We're not even going to engage in that conversation. No, I, I actually thought like all of them were off the rails. Like I could, I did, it, I had a hard time following yeah. every single one of them because it is the one translation of what we're reading. And especially when they do, when comedy challenges are done on the international seasons, it's hard to figure out like, is this funny or, right. or is it just like, or is it because I'm reading it, it's not having the same kind of like punchline as if it was a joke kind of thing but yeah it's like i felt like all of them went off the rails and they all ended the same way too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's why i asked what were they told then rosetta is like when i eat sausage i put up my butt where are we what universe are we in yeah then jcj says when she got a brazilian butt lift they enlarged her balls okay then it's lipstick on the anus mm-hmm. so how can they settle this they make out why? Well, they're bonded and they know that the other doesn't. That's love, right? Yep. This was a very surreal piece of art. We're going to say that. We'll, we'll call it that. Um, either way, whoever came up with this plot, either them or production, um, children, just pure childish. It really did feel like, uh, you know what it felt like? It all felt like this was like poo poo humor in the yes, u.s it when Literally. it's just like where everything is about a fart joke where it's like daytona wins one long fart joke right. i felt like that's what this was this was just like kind of like poop poop, poop humor um and maybe that's why i was like i don't really care because that's not really my thing right now we will have a post trial outside the courtroom roving reporter played by johnny and in this bit we have jcj plug her tattoo parlor called a tattoo is better than being scarred for life <laughs> fucking brilliant that was brilliant, brilliant. that was yeah. brilliant um, and the inspiration for the tat this week was Streetwalker Patch. Um, I think that part was better than the actual challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went for it and they had good chemistry. And that's the thing that I don't think a lot of the other teams had is, yes, they knew each other. Um, so the chemistry was going to be natural. But again, I don't know how much prep time they had, who, how they came up with like the plot points. It was just absurd. Yeah, I agree that like of the of the team dynamics, theirs was the best. But yeah, I think all of them like had ups and downs, and it was like, yeah. Next up, it's Kelly and Victoria decked out in pink. We have Kelly as Bella de Vagina, Victoria as Fagina, aka the Vagina. Their problem is Bella was applying for the first mother tucking competition of the year and her drag mom sabotaged her so she wouldn't win first prize. She took her fucking tucking panties. Now, Fragina says it's a lie as she taught her everything she knows. And then we move into a bit about her beauty salon, but Bella is still hairy as nothing about her is smooth. And I was like, what? Yeah, this was one where I was like, I don't know what was going on, what they were talking about. Why did Mrs. De Vagina teach her daughter about how to put the sausage away? Well, when she was a drag baby, she always dreamed of being the drag queen mother tucking, and it never made it. And Bella's like, I thought you'd do anything for me as a drag mom, and I laughed because 8 out of 10 drag moms forget their children. Well, Frau Gina had the golden tucking panties, and now I'm not quite sure how this plot progressed because there's no logic. If she never won, how did she have the golden tucking panties? Yeah, from what I was gathering was she stole them from like from the competition for herself. I was like, anyway, just Barbie will sniff the panties, then Frau Gina will take them back as Bella pleads. So she just slaps the shit out of her. Yeah. Then Bella will show the judge that he can't tuck properly by giving a little touchy touchy. Then out of nowhere, she's not her mother; she's her daddy. And guess what? More making out. Yeah. Again, it was like. The promise was foster mother, so they went with a drag mom. A competition, yeah. This was like the through line was so hard to follow. I like, I don't know what's going on here. Now, outside the roving reporter asks if they are happy with their outcome, and I'm like, what, there was a decision made. They made the decision out, was so them making the out. Yeah, yeah. Is is they they're gonna have fun? Um, the plot was lost, and I just do not think the two of them had much of any chemistry. Mm-mm. It was it was all over the place. 
Our next case sees first name Barnes, last name Barnes, played by Yvonne. Nikita is Barbel. We learned that they met on getlaid.com. Now, Barbel <laughs> is suing Barnes because he keeps standing him up, and then she has to keep moving from Bumelsbach to Berkish Gladbach, and then Brumerhaven to Brandenburg. She also moved to Bootsrup. She's livid. She just wants a great life. Um, so was she saying she can't get laid in any of these towns in Germany? Uh, what I was gathering, my impression was she was following him to every city he was at because he was like standing, he'd be like, come here, not show up, come here, not show up. That's, that's the price I got from it, not her, because I'm like, otherwise I'm like, what she's moving right. and he's stalking her? I'm like, no, then that wouldn't make right. sense of it being catfish. So, yeah. Now, Judge Barbie will read Barnt and say that looking at him, she wouldn't move cities for him either. Um, at least Barbie's <laughs> good at the improv. Barnt has a secret. He is bisexual. No, asexual. No, c-sexual. It's all very confusing. I was like, okay, that's actually a pretty funny line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he has one more secret. He's a vampire. Like we didn't see that coming in that outfit. Well, also you could t like you could totally from the side see that he was wearing a bald cap because you could just it was like wrinkled up like so it's like okay. We will then have them finally get it on as they will terribly hum "Careless Whisper" and guess what? Make out. Uh, again, is it on all the scripts? Th this time it just got messy and naughty. And I know that in previous improv challenges, whenever we see contestants just making out, they're usually in the bottom because they just didn't know what else to do. Yeah, it was like, last this effort, let's just make out. But the fact that every single one of them ended their scenes like that, I was like going, this had to have been a prompt. There's no way that, or they all sat there being like, let's all end our scenes by making out with each other. They could have easily decided that in the workroom, but we just didn't see it because they cut it. But mm -hmm. yeah. Now outside with our roving reporter, they will talk about getlaid.com and a threesome is brewing as you see the judge playing with hula hoops in the background. And that was my favorite one. I was like, that's just stupid. I love it. Mm -hmm. And finally, our final case involves theater-trained actor Lorelai Rivers as Giuseppina Marabella Tornini, but her friends call her Tanya. I'm sorry that got me. <sighs> that was very funny. I think I Lorelai had a bit of a dry humor this with very. this challenge. Where I think that's why I think it, that's why like I didn't get it at first, but I was like going, oh, okay, I I understand how that she's very. It also that seems like her personality. She feels like mm -hmm. she has a very dry personality in general. And Tessa, who just loves to bottom, is playing Frank, but everyone everyone calls her Nana Franca. She is being sued for stealing a pie recipe, and this one just nothing makes sense. She says it's so secret that only she knows, as it contains Harold Gluckler's chest hair. Go do a Google search. What a fascinating creature. She gets the chest hair because she gets him cheap implants from Turkey. Well, we hear that Nana Franca didn't steal it as everyone goes to her bakery because Pinocchio. What? Basically what happens is we have a very iffy Italian accent that Tessa has no control over the story. So she says words and hopes... The comedy will come out. The problem is she's not funny she's in not general. Funny. It's one thing to be a funny person where you could be like, you might not be a comedy queen, but you can still be funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her, it just felt like Tessa was just grasping for straws and just throwing everything out there. Mm -hmm. to be like, Oh, see if this works. And I think that was the problem where it's like, I couldn't follow what was going on because she didn't have a, th a through line literally start like she had her so, initial thing and that went off the rails really quickly barbie has to come in and try to save the scene with the questions that were actually prepared by asking if she was damaged by selling cookies in her yard and nona franca is like i have damage everywhere on back on me and judge barbie is like damaging your head because that's not the question yeah mm -hmm. judge barbie will ask to taste the cake there's nona franca will make a reveal that's just franzi and Judge Barbie is like, if y'all want to screw, I'll go home. And Lorelai saves the day by going one of those negative yes in improv and by saying, I won't screw her. Don't you see how ugly she is? Very smart to mm -hmm. at least keep the ball rolling. Yeah. Now, again, I don't know what beats were provided and what was improvised, but Tessa, clearly out of her comfort zone and knowing she is bombing, now confesses she is Francesco from the Alps. 
Lorelai will basically ask for help all this while clearly wearing uh, her boy clothes uh, mm-hmm. and then says that this is the brother she screwed. Now, Tessa will say she wrote a song for her, so Judge Barbie is going to kick up her feet and eat the cake. And she is essentially doing her own version of MacArthur Park because it's not a makeout session, but just a brawl, pie included. Mm-hmm. Now, the MacArthur Park before it's not makeout session is it's just happening, and and the camera's going to cut out, and then we hear that they had to reconstruct the set. And I fully believe they unintentionally knocked it all down and had to cut and fix it. Yep. They are beyond help, and the judge is now going to retrain dolphins as a therapist. Yep. What a mess this was. At least Lorelai knows how to make choices. Yeah, I think the MacArthur Park element would have been funny if that was the through line. Like, you know, you left my cake out in the rain. I I lost the recipe. I can't never bake it again. You know, that would have been funny. How did we go from she stole my recipe to two character reveals? Yeah, exactly. And with our roving reporter, whoever Tessa is at this point hasn't passed down the recipe as she's just happy to be eating chest hair. So, well, at least Drag Race Germany had one bomb of a maxi challenge. Yeah. No, it's like, yeah, it's just like these girls were not improv girls. They're funny, but they're not improv. Yeah. Well, it is a decision day. And after Lily's elimination, they are prepared for anything. Pandora will ask Lorelai how she felt after the challenge, and she is going to do that humble actor thing and say that she doesn't want to rate herself as anything can happen, so she's prepared for anything. Yvonne will call her out and ask her why she's kind of and why she's kind of pissed after the shoot, and she's like, "I was." Well, now comes the pile on Lorelai portion of the show, as Nikita narrates that Lorelai has been nagging a bit the last few days, as Yvonne tells us that everyone is a bit pissed off by Lorelai. Meta's going to put it this way. She's annoyed that Lorelai is good at this shit and she's sitting back and saying she is sure she'll be lip syncing. And Lorelai will tell the table that this was just her neutral look as she has resting bitch face. Girl, I can relate. I get that. I totally understand. Yeah, go ahead. I get the not wanting to toot your own horn kind of thing because I think you don't want to give yourself the expectation that you are doing well and not, and then be told you're not. Cause we see it when you have the girls who are like, the kids I'm going to win this. Co- this is my challenge. I fucking won it. I slayed. And then they're like, you're safe. And you're like, what? Huh? Yeah. So I think she's like, she in her head being like, yes, I'm good, but I don't want to keep saying I'm killing it. Cause I don't want to, when it, when it comes to being told you're safe, or you were in the bottom, you're like, well, fuck, what did I, what, yeah. what was I seeing kind of thing? Yvonne will call her ugly and try to laugh it off and give her a hug to which Lorelai is like, why were you not this funny in the reading challenge? And Yvonne's like, as funny as you. <laughs> There's this weird animosity between Yvonne and Lorelai, and I can't mm-hmm. put my thumb on why. Maybe they need to fuck. Maybe. Maybe. Or I think maybe Yvonne is a little perturbed that she's not getting the flowers that that could be it too they could yvonne could be could see herself as if i'm like anyone in the competition it's it's lorelei and they are loving her but they're not loving me the same way i would compare yvonne's journey at this point very similar to someone like eva laqueen where continually good yeah just not the best yep Mm mm-hmm all right it's time to get into raver gear and nikita's feeling pretty confident with her awesome outfit she has a message with a hit um, with spoiler friends. It's not always a victory if you have a message on your look. Do it because it works. Don't do it just to do it, but we'll get to it. Yeah. Nikita says that the rave parade was also about love, and since they're in rough times currently, she wants to remind people of love. Now, I want to do a little bit of a backstory to what rave parade is in Germany. There is an event called the Rave the Planet Parade, which ties into the origins of the Love Parade, which was a political demonstration until 2001. There's a lot of history behind the events. And for us Americans, this is more so of a techno festival than an actual parade that we would have for Pride. Anyway, Nikita will say that being a young gay man in Berlin can be dangerous. She says there were two or three years she doesn't remember because of drugs, the hard stuff. It was bad. She says she almost died twice. She was in the hospital and felt shame, and it was worse feeling for her, and she didn't want to have to go through it again. She had to pick a path because what now? You either don't care and continue to have fun or find a way out and stop. She took up drag, 
it saved her. And though she says it's cliche, it did, and says drag is like her superhero cape. She feels invincible. What did you think of her story here? I thought it was it was touching because I think Nikita hasn't really shown us her soft side yet sure. to this point. So I think it was for story purposes. They're like, we need to give you, we need to show that softer side of Nikita. And because she is one of the older Queens, she was, she was like her teen, her like twenties were when this was the height of everything going on. So right. yeah, it's like, there's so many Queens who have that storyline of when I was younger, I partied too hard. And I, mm-hmm. I like, you know, I, you know, the drug addictions were things they had to sober myself up or being like, I was a, thriving alcoholic and you're like you know so i i think it's good to tell the story so that way it's the younger generation are could be like okay they can see like you there is a light at the end of the tunnel when they because you could be suffering from it and not realizing that you're or or just thinking that you know there is no end to the to the despair but i think hearing those stories of people who have conquered their addiction addictions especially being much older than when it had happened. Right. I, I think those are good to hear. Let's go check in with another big player this episode, Tess Teskel, who will be asked by Vaughn how she feels having won so many lip syncs. And Vaughn points out that it's iconic, and Tessa says she's now going by Yasa Yastikal. Very, very stupid. Of course, Yvonne thinks Yvonne... Uh, yes, Yesical is exhausted, which is the team. And Tessa will admit that she is reaching her limit as she's given her all every time. So she is starting to shit from her neck. What does that mean? How does one shit from your neck? Yeah, I, that's that's a uh, that's an image. I don't think I I needed to see. No, no, not at all. But that's it. That's all we're going to hear. Because yeah. let's head to the main stage where Barbie Breakout is once again giving us classical drag. Uh, but this time with fisting glove. <laughs> she, she's lubed up and ready. <laughs> well, speaking of, it's Gianni Jovanovic, Gianne Brill, back with Herbert, and now becoming an unofficial rotating guest judge. It's Constantinos the stylist. Now, last time he was there, he gave us gay fashion. This time, it's hoodie stone to filth. Do I need one? Yes. Yeah, I think I do. Not brown. Why was he wearing brown? That was really ugly. Maybe he, he likes it. I don't know. You oh, know, God, God the thing is, it. like, the thing is, stylists always have a weird sense of their own style, where they're like, yeah. So it's like it could be something being like, I think it's ugly. It's that thing when you when you look at fashion designers and you look at their collections and you're like, who the fuck is wearing this shit? <laughs> right. All right. Categories rave parade. In honor of the runway, I already had this written down, but you used it, and I was like, well, we're going to go with it. Rainbow oh. May. Oh. <laughs> so. Was it the oops, oops, or a... <laughs> It was low-hanging fruit. It was easy. Low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit. Lorelei Rivers. Look by Lorelei Hair by Remo Rivers. Accessories by Aura. I think this is really fun and youthful and quite campy. The cow print is so drab, but the pink ample amplifies it mm-hmm. i think the hair is incredible i love the pink dots and the cow tag everything about this should not work but it works for what the event is the only thing i wish was that the skirt was a bit longer yeah i would say if the skirt was a little bit longer it was too much skin showing but I also it's like it just like this is one of the things where you think rave you think prints you think off the wall ideas and the fact that she decided to put the spots in the hair amplified it and i also like that she's wearing the spike collar to be like you can get close but not too close yeah johnny says the awesome thing about her outfit is her wig and her fantastic makeup in this challenge he says she showed them who she is and who her character is diane says the cow thing is great and her signature eyebrow really looks cool and barbie says it's one of the simplest looks on stage but it's the most authentic she says she almost made the same outfit for herself in 1993 and says going into the challenge with such a minimal figure with no kind of profile that doesn't get loud was very brave and it paid off. And Constantino says it was the performance of the evening. He loved it. Interesting. I'll give it a rave. I'll give it a rave as well. Also, I like the fact that she has like a tag in her hair because mm-hmm. I think that's supposed to be how they tag um, yes, animals. Right. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's even see, it's, it's, it's like she's a thinker. She's a thinker. She and that's why I like her. Audience 74% rave, 26% nay. 
Yvonne Nightstand, Necklace by Ruby Wilson. She has understood the assignment. Again, everything about this is just a 90s raver threw up on her body. I think the jacket with the clouds is cute. The makeup is so fun and something of a departure from her regular paint. The hair is brilliant. The belt also being neon yellow works. I know who this drunk bitch is at a festival and I'm running so far away from her. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure um, I drank a bottle. I shared a bottle of water. I'm pretty sure I shared a bottle of water with her um, <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, I loved the like, it's like candy raver throw up essentially. Like yeah. she is like so bright. Everything is colorful. She has all the beads that you can be like. So when she's rolling, she has things to play with. Oh, yeah. She was giving me like, oh, this is like 2000s era rave. And I was living for it. Barbie says that she and Nikita are the two comedy geniuses in the season. She says she had very high expectations and had to wait a long time until she laughs again. She says they were great in their roles, but the jokes didn't quite work for her. Constantino says the way they shaped their characters seemed very rigid and it didn't lead anywhere. He loves her look and the detailing, including the two different earrings and the hair, calling it fantastic. Diane says she loved the playfulness when she entered the day, and everybody knows that what it's like, and says it's a great end of the night. The party's over. Um, I'm getting to the point where I think Diane just has words and hopes it's a sentence. That's that's where I'm at with her, too. Like, I, I'll give like, it a rave. Yeah, Di Diane's one of those where it's like, I, I don't know if they're bringing her back for season two. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, but this rave. is a rave. This is a rave look for sure. Audience, 80% rave, 20% name. Nikita Vegas, look by Thomas Vineglow, hair by Bam Bam Wigs. This is an example of an old person trying to disguise themselves as the youth of today. Let's start with the overall look. It looks cheap, and yet that works for the style. I don't love the neon sequin top that is poking through what is supposed to be a crop top jacket. Yeah. I think the hair is so fun. Very Harajuku. I think this is trying too hard to be the message she wants it to be simply because the royal blue is not the right color for the trans flag. Mm -hmm. I think she hoped the message would save her ass and I just it, it just didn't work. No, there were elements of this that like individually, like I think I love the hair. Like if she had done a different look with the hair, I think I'd liked it more. Um, the tracksuit, it wasn't really giving me raver, really, um, aside from just the hair. But I think it was more mm -hmm. like she wanted to do, she wanted this to be a message runway and right. not really, and hope that it would work in the theme. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a, kind of a miss. This is kind I of a agree. miss for me. Johnny says she really touched him with the outfit because despite having fun and being silly, she had something serious, which he says she does as well. He says using trans colors in her own queer comedy is just exemplary. Nay. Nay, it's a nay. Audience not here for it. 26% rave, 74% nay. Testa testicle, look by B. Kala, hair by wigs by Wig Genie. Now, if she told me this was to pay homage to the trans pride flag, I would have signed that off on this one. As far as style, it's just a miss. I think the boots are great, the hair is great, the furry jacket is great, the breastplate with the tape just does not work. I think she went for color story rather than practicality. Yeah. Now, if this lady is at a raver, fine. But again, stay away from me. I don't trust you. I don't want to be arrested for being associated with indecent exposure. Yeah. I think I would have, I think instead of it being the exposed breastplate, I think if her entire top was that blue color, you sure. would be like, yes, because when you're rolling, you're like, ooh, this is soft and touchable. Can mm -hmm. I touch you? And you would be mate, you would be friends. Uh, you would be friends with her because she would be like she's wearing the outfit that you could hug and like feel soft in. But yeah, I think the the things I liked most were the boots because of the color, and I liked her hair having the heart, yeah, hearts in yeah, it. Hearts. I was like, that was perfect. But yeah, for me, it's like I am like the face up, the face and hair rave, boots rave, middle body nay. So overall nay. Constantino says she looks great and loves the hair, but still doesn't like her earrings. He says that she seemed lost at times. Diane says the catwalk was hers, but she vanished. She says it was so rushed. In the challenge, she says Lorelai was so good at it, and that kind of went under for her. Johnny says they didn't play together as they both played for themselves. He says he really didn't get what was going on between them at the end. He says he loves her and calls her one of the strongest queens there, but in many things, she's uncoordinated in both terms of dancing and performance, especially the more visible ones. He says she is faltering the competition and tells her to pull herself together as the other girls are overtaking her. Wow, make her feel great before she's about to lip sync. It's mm -hmm. a nay. Yep, nay. 
Audience, 37% rave, 63% nay. Metamore Kid, look by Arcane, hair by Ido Van Gomes, nails by Claus by Taxi. This is really well styled, but at the same time, I find it a bit lazy for Metamore Kid. That being said, this is the category that you can't get too extravagant. Yeah. I think the gray and the pink story of for the color is quite strong. The makeup is fabulous. The hair is really cool. I want to yank those pigtails desperately. <laughs> it's the top. I really just don't care for skinny bitches saying that their body will allow them to expose all the skin. Like I expected more from Metamore Kid. Well, as you can see, I kind of liked it. Mm. Um, I think it worked for her. It is very much... Um, I think the look felt more genderqueer than drag, sure. um, especially because the chest is so exposed. And it just is it's weird how, like, this, this like, we, we had this trend for so long on Drag Race of, like, quote-unquote boy body that mm-hmm. the like this year felt like the breastplates have kind of resurged and this is one of the throwbacks where it's like i think this is a look that i would have seen on like an older season of drag race and been like what it's my body i want to show it off i think sure. it works here um but yeah it's like it's not my favorite look she's done um but i think it like i think it fit the category well enough to pass Johnny says they complimented each other. Diane says they had good chemistry. Constantino says the Metamore Kid is stronger and funnier as he was laughing a lot. He says he loves the look and the nipple holes and says, though it's really polished, he would like it dirtier. I want to give it a soft rave. Yeah, it's a soft rave. Audience, 74% rave, 26% name. Victoria Shakespeare's look by Call Me Sophia, hair by Walcott Wig. I am done with the Westwood references. It's not original anymore. There's more to plaid than Westwood. Other than that, I think the colors are really punk. The neon green and pink work for a punk and grunge concept, not really bright enough for a rave. The hair is giving Billie Eilish. I think it's a safe look and styled impeccably. It's just not necessarily meeting the criteria of the rave, in my opinion. Yeah, I think think it is. Like, I like the the leopard print. It does give me kind of a Lisa Frank vibe. Mm. Um... I like, uh, yeah, the hair is very eilish, but I think like the judges, I think it's like one of those things where it's like, I, you know, we're five episodes in and I feel like we've seen this look on you already multiple times. Like your biggest change was the drag king, but even the drag queen had Oh, similar... no, we're talking about Victoria. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm, duh, I'm looking at Pandora box. Duh, I am, there we go. Hi, Victoria, how are you? How are you doing? There we go. See, this is what happens when you watch so much Drag Race. Girls just start to blend in together. All right. Um, yes, Victoria. That's who we're talking about. Um, I Her look screamed um, Six the Musical to me. Yeah, I'm here for it. I can see it. Um, yeah, I didn't really scream Raver aside from the hair color um, mm-hmm. and having somewhat fishnet-y. The look was just like, it, I felt the first thing when she walked out, I felt like this is like, Someone who saw six and was like, let me rave that up. And this is what they come up came up with. Johnny says that she did a marvelous job and absolutely conquered the stage. Diane says the telenovela realness was great. She loved her boner in her pants. With the outfit, she says, no more copying, no more Britney, no more Gwen Stefani. She says she is much better than those old cows. Oops. Constantino I also like says, how she referenced Gwen Stefani, like she's been relevant. <laughs> right. She is. She's on the voice. Uh, Constantino says he wet his pants from all the laughter. And Barbie says that standing her ground next to Kelly surely isn't easy in such a challenge, but she wasn't intimidated and says that she was impressive. She says it's not her favorite look on the runway, saying it's not what she would have chosen thinking of such a parade. I'll give it a soft rave just for the look. Yeah, I'm going to give it a soft rave because I do like the look. Audience, 86% rave, 14% name. Pandora Knox, look by Groovy Gal, hair by Adilgo Van Gomes, jewels by Ricardo Stout, nails by Neil Lagin. Uh, you stole my line. It's a Lisa Frank nightmare. Yep. Listen, the elements are there. Once again, Pandora has raised the bar so high for herself that trying mm-hmm. to win this week was going to be near impossible. There are elements we have seen from her multiple times this season, so if I call out a two-piece weekly for a queen, I'll call out a breastplate and chaps for a queen. I do yeah. love the colors. I think the hair times two is absurd. She is fulfilling the fantasy. I just wanted more. And yeah, a nip slip. It's a killer. Yeah, like I, like I was saying. <laughs> it's because she was next when I clicked and I thought them good because you mentioned the green hair and she also was wearing green hair that's why i was like i got my i got my tiny girls confused but yeah it's the thing yeah it is very much with pandora who i love 
her runways are starting to become a little like one note. And I, and I'm like, after looking at her promo and her entrance, I'm like, I'm like, I know she has more stuff in there. That's like going to wow me, but we've been, but it's like, here's the same kind of aesthetic each week. And I'm like, I'm ready to see something different from her. Constantino says that he was hoping that the jo- the jokes would come quicker. He says, normally it's not good to come fast, but in this case, a little faster might have been good. Barbie will ask her if she's a doctor. She says yes. She says that her brain might have kept her from letting go during the maxi challenge. Metamorkid tells her to be as stupid as she is. Johnny says he likes her outfit, but again, chaps, again, boobs. It's getting repetitive. And Diane says they have a high standard for her. Um, I'm going to go soft rave. Yeah, I'm going to give it a soft rave as well. Audience, 74% rave, 26% name. Kelly Hilton, no designers listed. This was almost worse than Nikita, of, of an older person attempting to be hip. The sequin, 90, no thanks. The jacket is what sold the idea. The parrot hair was a choice. I think the cotton balls made it veer into the design challenge, and no one wants that. I was just insanely bored. I can see it where you were saying, like, it's a very boring look. But I also, for me, it also felt very true to, like, a, the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, girls wearing those, like, simpy dresses, big mm-hmm. coats, and deciding to be like... It, to me, it read, hi, we're going to a rave tonight. Um, put shit on that dress to make it, to make it rave-esque, and let's go out. That's yeah. what it was giving me, and that's why I liked it. Because it was, it reminded me of being 19, having no money, and being like, hi, let's get cotton balls from, like, the dollar store and glue them onto an outfit and be like, it's rave, right? Let's go! That, that it was very that, that was to me. Girl. Yes, yes. And believe me, as someone who had a, a, a stock in Manic Panic dies in college, yes. Constantino <laughs> says she was funny, almost over the top, but it was just on the border. He says it was awesome. He will ask her her interpretation of her look, and she says she's basically a 90s kid. She says she was a teenager then, and they are the colors she saw herself back in. Johnny says it's always her outfits, never the performance, saying she is one of the strongest performers there, but they need something good that matches the stage presence. The dress didn't convince him. And Diane says the colors suit her, and she loves the color combination. I'm going to go nay. I'm going to give it a soft rave. Audience agrees with you. 58% rave, 42% nay. Now the Queens head back for Untucked Jr., where Lorelai is slightly surprised by the good jury feedback she got. She says she didn't think it would be good, so she is happy after last week. Now Yvonne knows that some have feelings that they want to express. Time to get it off their chest. There's friction in the air. Who's going to explode first? It's Kelly. She's frustrated that none of her outfits have gotten good critiques so far, but she'll bounce back anyway. And I was like, girl... When I can find your looks on somebody else, it's because you bought it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Literally, see Nikki Doll wear a version of that um, that glitter dress. Um, I've seen multiple people wear her uh, promo look. Like, come on, girl! Like, I mean, yeah. What do you, What do you want from us, Kelly? She thinks she's cute, and says she's wearing the dress, not the other way around, which is fine. Pandora enthusiastically says, though, she wants the lip sync. Usually that doesn't bode well for anybody who says that. No, it doesn't. But I think it was also, I think for her, it was like, I want to show them what I can do that I'm not just like, I'm more than just the looks. Yeah. Um, Cause she hasn't really showcased. We got a bit of her like contortion when she did the photo challenge in the very first episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by going like, you know how, because everyone was like, that's her image. That's what one I'm going. No, she was fucking working her body. That's, that's why she won that picture. Um, so I can see it being like, hi, I want to show you why I'm still, why I'm worthy to be here kind of thing. Well, speaking of people who bitched about her photo shoot, Nikita is glad that Pandora finally got negative feedback. Mm-hmm. Pandora knows they've all been waiting for it. So she's going to just kick their asses in this too. Pandora will reveal that she's actually a dancer and contortionist so she can show more of what she can do. She's already bring it on. Um, how do you find out that you're a contortionist? What has I to go wrong for that? To I don't know if it's either you're having sex and being like, oh yeah, that leg is going all the way back there. Or it's something where you are... I, the only thing I can think of is either she was probably like if they, like doing gym 
and gymnast yeah. activities and then being like, oh, I can move my body in these ways. And you're like, oh, okay. I think once you, if you want to really fine tune it, then you, you know, train. But sure. yeah, I think it's one of the things that either you find out in an accent, you're like, oh, I can twist my arm all the way over here or something like that. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Or she realized that in her age that she was, oh, I'm double jointed, which means I can then do this. Ooh. It's like, who knows? Yeah. Miss Testicle. How's she feeling? Well, she just feels that if she had a lip sync today, it would kind of be unfair. Why? Why would that be unfair? I don't, yeah. I'm like, it wasn't like every critique, they were like, your scene partner got better critiques than you, and they complimented uh, your scene partner on the fact that, like, they did their best to keep up with you because you were so bad. And your runway, they didn't, it wasn't like they were like gagaing over the runway. So I think in her head, I think in her head, she feels like, she, I think, it, um, I think in her head, she felt like she did better than she did. Yeah, or maybe I, I what just, she was hearing wasn't what we were hearing. It's just not one of those things where it's like, oh, if you've been in the three bottom three times, you get a week, week off. No, if you mm -hmm. suck, you suck. No, it's like her trajectory was bottom two, high placement in the second episode, which I didn't think she deserved. But I was like, story, you were in the bottom last week, you're mm -hmm. high this week. But then again, then the next week, she's been up for elimination every week, and I'm like girl no no she says she's really doing everything she can and feels like a massacred skipjack what the fuck is a skipjack well allegedly it's a tuna did you know that nope yeah i don't eat fish anyway laurel I will note I. That their main critique was that they didn't really play together and she says she knows it's partially her fault so she would like to apologize if she gave the feeling of not working together she will get a half-hearted thanks back but it almost felt to everybody else that it was a humble brag because they know she did well, but Laurel, mm -hmm. I just still can't accept that she did well in this challenge. Well, also, I felt like I don't felt like I didn't think she needed to apologize for her being her no, partner not at all. because she was because because even Barbie was trying to bring her back into the right. scene and she kept going off the rails. So it's like, it wasn't you, it was her. And I'm like, I think it was just for her to be like, maybe if I say, you know, the scene was partly my fault, you know, she'll make, it'll make her feel a little bit better. Sure. But I'm like, no, I'm like, she put herself, she, she did, she made, those were her choices to make, not yours. Um, she went off the, she went off book and even the hosts couldn't reel her back in to where they wanted her to be. Well, no matter what, this apology has pissed off Meta, who will come in and say that she thinks Lorelai should have more trust in her capabilities as she sits there complaining every day about everything. She tells her to trust her capabilities as she clearly had the judges convinced. She then tells her, frankly, she doesn't want to listen to her saying how much she sucks. So what does the girl do? She's apologizing for annoying everyone. Oh, God, why? She says she's trying to reflect on it and the way she's doing now, she will try to work on it. And she says, sometimes you're in your own your own enemy, to which Meta's like, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of you today. Well, you walked into that one. Mm -hmm. I like, do I get what Meta. Yeah, I, yeah I, do, I, I do see what Meta was trying to do to be like, that I can see how good you are, so I just want you to see how good you are. And I could see, I see like sometimes girls need to hear that. They need to have the, that friend to be like, I need you to know that you are fucking amazing. So when you say you're not, it pisses me off because I want you to believe in yourself the way I believe in you and the way I see you. Do you think Mena was being too harsh on her? And do you think that Lorelai having like a theatrical background allowed her to accept the critique from her sister? I think so. I don't think she was being too harsh. I think Lorelai is one of those girls that I think needs to be yelled at to be like, you know, it's the Tyra Banks moment. I'm doing this because I love you. I believe in you. We all love right. you. Um, I was rooting for you. I think Lorelai, I think she's probably has just very, she's very much soft-spoken. She probably, is, she's probably one of those people that's very internal. Like she's an overthinker. And I think yeah. that's been her issue where she doesn't want to give herself the praise because I think she doesn't want to um, have that have it have the outcome not be what she expected. It's a thing where it's like where it's like you like oh I, uh, I'm so happy about this things are working out in my favor and then the universe does something that like fucks right. it up and you're like oh if I wasn't happy about it maybe maybe the outcome would have been different. Where you have those feelings sometimes 
where it's like things are going too good, something's gonna fuck up because the universe and I were not like this. Oh, don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's time to find out what is about to happen. And for a second week in a row, um, no one stood out, but the decision has been made. The winner of the week is the bitch who doesn't want to admit that she's good at this shit. It's Lorelai Rivers. Yep. Kelly, Yvonne, Metamorphic, Nikita, and Victoria are safe, leaving Pandora and Tessa as the bottom two. Do you agree? I don't. I th- Tessa, yes. I didn't. Who was the third one with them? Nikita. Nikita. Um, I honestly think Nikita should have been the bottom, but I, I also think they wanted to make sure Tessa went home. And I right. don't think I don't think Nikita would have been the one to send her home. And I, that's what I was no, thinking no. when I was looking at it, going like, "Oh!" And also, too, having Pandora say she wanted to lip sync was more of a like, "Great, put her in the bottom," uh, and that way Tessa is out. Because you know, sometimes you feel like the girl is only in the bottom to get rid of the quote unquote dancer that's been saving her ass every week. It's true. All right, the song is "Atomalos" by Helene Fischer. Finally, a song in German. Oh, this was a fun song, too. It was. These two know how to perform, and that is what we got. The problem for Tessa is this is her fourth time we are seeing her do her best. Mm-hmm. For Pandora, this is her first, so the novelty was very exciting. Yep. I think she knew what to do. That back band gave Marsha a run for her money. <laughs> I think Tessa throwing her nails at Pandora told you everything about what was going on in her mind. She didn't quit. But she knew there was no way they were going to save her. So yep. she went ham, mocked Pandora's basic drag eight count, did the split. But then you see the fucking jump split that Pandora does, the acrobatics. She ate. Oh, she ate. Like, literally every other one was like, okay, if you were going to do a double save with Tessa, this probably would have been the one to do it. But I'm like, it came too late. I'm like, it, it was like... did. I'm like... I mean, e- Tessa did her best but her best just was not good enough in this round. Pandora stays after four lip syncs from Tessa. Mm -hmm. Tessa Tesco's finally out. Do you agree? Yes. Is it safe to say that maybe Tessa is one of the best lip sync assassins we've had on the program? Oh, hands down. Like I said earlier, Tessa shines when she is performing. Like uh-huh. every episode, I'm like, girl, I, you, 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 of course you're in the bottom. You weren't good in the challenge. And then the music starts and she starts to perform. And you're like, where is that girl? That's the girl I want to see doing the challenges. It's like when they tell them on the runway, it's like you on the runway, you sparkle, you shine. That's who I want to see in the challenges. Yeah. And that's what Tessa is. It's like Tessa is so good lip syncing and performing that she doesn't know how to translate that energy into a sewing challenge into a comedy challenge. It's just like, but cause she has comedy chops in a lip sync. She knows mm-hmm. how to work a song, but it's not that it just doesn't translate in a challenge. And some girls are like, they can work challenges, but they can't do it. The lip sync is very like eh, lackluster. All right. Well, I got some burning questions right for this podcast. Are you ready? I have an ointment for that. Yes. Um, what is Tessa's legacy? Being a fucking lip sync assassin. Is it safe to say that, Tessa would be probably at this moment pretty high on the list to get um, a verse the world call. I think so. I think so. I it's like, I, I, because of the fact that it's like she has performed to that level of like, you, you did four lip syncs and you killed every single one of them, but you weren't going to stay because you stayed, you had four lip syncs. Yeah. Um, I, I compared her earlier in the preview podcast to someone like a Tia Coffee, where she just wasn't ready for this version of Drag Race. But if she were to come back in the future, you know, the glow up in real life is real. Yeah. I, feel I like could Tessa see, feels that way too. Yeah. I could see that her being one where it's like, because Tessa was low when we did, when we did the preview podcast. Yeah, I had, she um, was. I, she was, I think, maybe my least favorite or second to least favorite um, of, uh, of the cast. And I can see, her having a glow up that will be like, ooh, she's gonna be a force to reckon with when she like mm-hmm. puts both per- both like things together. Who won the week? Who had the best episode? This is um, almost impossible for me to answer. This is um Barbie won the week because she sure. was the best part of this maxi challenge. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna just say Pandora simply for the lip sync because we got yeah. to see what she's made of. Mm-hmm. It's time to get that snatch on. Who do you think will do well? And what German celebs will we see? Oh, God. Who would do well? 
Honestly, I think Nikita might actually do well next week because I feel like I feel like she might actually be able to translate a character really well. Everybody else seems like also Lorelai might be able to do really well because seems Mm -hmm. like she has like the theater background. But yeah, I don't know exactly like what to expect for their snatch game. All I want is Kim, someone to do Kim Petras. Ah. You know what? The only the one I could see doing it, baby Pandora. Yeah, or. Uh, or Victoria. Victoria, Victoria might do it too. I'll yeah, pull it off. Um, yeah, honestly, no, she, she no, comes, Victoria's going to fucking do Britney Spears. If she comes Look. out as Britney Spears, I will jump out of a window. It's going to be um, Britney Spears, exactly. Because didn't Fontana do Britney Spears for she a? Sure did. She yeah. Really did. Mm-hmm. God. After five episodes, the winner of the season is. I still think it's going to be Pandora. I think Pandora I, has a good I, shot. I think it's possible, but I think consistency wise. I'm gonna keep saying Metamorkid. Well, obviously, like Metamorkid was my number one pick, so yeah. I'm still, I'm still gonna say it's gonna be an Austrian. Mm-hmm. I don't see any other path right now. Yeah, yeah. I would have only one. I the surprised. only person who's doing well, aside from that, is Lorelai. Mm-hmm. But they're not giving her a winner's edit. What? No, her. She's she's getting like she's getting. Yeah, her, I could. I am like I have a feeling Lorelai will probably. I can feel like. There, she's going to be out before the top four. Yeah, I, can, I think I, can, I, can I think she, right out. I can I can see Lorelai continuing on for a few for a few more weeks, no problems. But I can see her not just missing the finale. Yeah. All right. Where can we find you on social media? And any projects you want to plug? Hello, kids. You can find me on the Instagram at Harry is Precious as Harry. Uh, Venmo, Precious Envy. Uh, if you are in New York City, I will be at Rock Bar this coming Wednesday, uh, October 11th. I will be covering for Temple Grande for her show. So it's going to be a one-woman solo show. And then on Monday, October 23rd, I will be uh, participating in the Miss Rock Bar pageant. Uh, so come out, support a bitch, stuff that mailbox, or not the mailbox, stuff that ballot box with my name um, and help me, uh, you know, win a bitch. And yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you for being here and talking through this very strange episode of a good franchise, yeah. Germany. Yeah, Germany's, Germany's been a strange one, but I'm loving it. 